Welcome to the sixth and final part of It Sees You When You're Sleeping, a horror holiday audio drama in six parts. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, I recommend that you start at episode one. You can find it on your favorite podcast app or at the website itseesyousleeping.com. I'm Phil Rickaby, the writer and performer of It Sees You When You're Sleeping. This is the second part of a trilogy of audio dramas. You can find the first, St. Nick and the Big F*** Up, at stnickandthebigfup.com, and all of the places you usually find podcasts. You can support this audio play in a few ways. You can make a donation through the virtual tip jar. You'll find a link to that in the show notes. You can also support the podcast by sharing it on social media. If you want to post about it on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag ISYWYS for it sees you when you're sleeping. And you can tag me if you want. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. If you've enjoyed this audio drama, please rate and review it at Apple Podcasts and stick around for just a minute at the end of the episode for some important credits. In the morning, Susan woke looking rested and happy. If her strange possession in the night had affected her at all, it did not show. She woke smiling and was excited to have breakfast at the hotel restaurant, which she called fancy, even though it was maybe just a step above diner. I tried delicately to find out if she remembered anything from last night, but she didn't seem to have any idea what I was talking about. We finished our breakfast and we checked out of the hotel. I dropped her at school, and then I went home to deal with the mess I'd left behind yesterday. The house was clean, spotless even, with with everything back in its place, as though I had not torn the place apart in a desperate search for the elf doll the day before. This made me question everything. I wondered if it had all been something I'd just imagined. After all, how could any of this be true? How could a toy come to life and take my daughter? How could a toy become mobile and sneak into her room at night and speak to her? How could it speak through her and torment me? It was ridiculous. I was... I was... I I was just tired. I'd been up too late. Too many nights staying up late putting the elf into its whimsical predicaments. I certainly didn't tear the house apart looking for a toy. That didn't seem like me at all. And it was all exactly as I normally kept it now. No. Exhaustion was certainly a more realistic explanation, wasn't it? No. No. It wasn't in my head. I had seen it. I had heard it. That was the truth. The creature was trying to make me doubt my own sanity, to doubt my actions, my thoughts, my eyes, my ears. It wanted me off balance and filled with doubt so that I couldn't protect Susan from it. I couldn't let doubt take me now. I had to be strong, strong enough to beat this thing. It was either that or lose the only thing that really mattered to me. The house was clean because the elf, the creature, was trying to mess with me, but I would not let it. Milo was here somewhere. And then I heard a crash from Susan's room. I made my way upstairs, moving as quietly as possible. Perhaps it hadn't heard me come in and didn't know I was home. So I kept quiet. I didn't want to startle the thing or I'd be back to square one. 
I waited outside Susan's bedroom door. Was Milo... Was the thing still there? Had it heard me? I realized I was holding my breath. And then... I heard it shuffling inside Susan's room. No. It wasn't aware of me. It hadn't heard me. Slowly... As quietly as I could, I opened the door to Susan's room, just enough to see inside. The toy box was upended, and all her toys spilled out onto the floor. That explained the crash. I saw Milo climbing up onto her bed. I flung the door open and rushed in. Toys covered more of the floor than I thought, and I tripped over a stuffed elephant, and down I went to the floor. Milo started to laugh at me, the doll's wide eyes starting to grow red as its fingers started their transformation into long, sharp talons. I picked myself up as Milo continued to laugh. I clenched my fists. Once I got my hands on that fucking toy, I was going to put an end to it. I took a step towards it and three stuffed animals started to float up from the floor. And then a doll and the Barbies. I'd forgotten she had a few, started to float. And then the Lego bricks and more and more toys. They started to swirl around me like a tornado. And in the cyclone of toys, a Lego brick hit me in the forehead. And then a Barbie, feet first, hit me in the chest. The toys picked up speed in the cyclone and were launched at me. A fire truck hit me in the back of the head. I didn't mind the stuffed animals so much, but... The fire truck was a bit much, and when a cloud of Lego bricks hits you at speed or a doll's house, man, do you feel it. I was sporting a few cuts and bruises, but I kept moving towards the bed, towards Milo. My nose was bleeding now, and I was bruised in a lot of places, but I would not be stopped. And then I launched myself at the bed, and Milo, the elf, let out a tiny shout as I grabbed it. It struggled in my grasp, no longer a simple toy, but seemingly a living thing. It shouted, it screamed, but I kept hold. The cyclone of toys stopped spinning and fell to the ground as Milo tried to escape from my hands, but I would not let go. I didn't know how, but I needed to stop this thing. I held the thing tightly for a moment, trying to decide what to do. I thought about flushing it down the toilet, but it hadn't been stopped by putting it in a duct tape lockbox and throwing it into the lake, had it? No! I needed something more drastic, more final. I held on to the elf tightly as I took it downstairs into the kitchen. I got out the big wooden cutting board and the largest knife. Yes, this would do it. I held the squirming felt body down on the cutting board. The shadow body was coming and going, the talons growing and receding as it struggled, but it could not hurt me. I smiled. I was going to end this. Finally. I had never wanted the thing and it had become a nightmare and I had to make it stop once and for all for Susan and for myself. Triumph. I raised the knife. No! shouted Susan suddenly behind me. She should have been at school, but there she was. The thing must have called her somehow, but I couldn't let her stop me. This was for her that I was doing this, to protect her. I started to bring the knife down on Milo when she shouted again, No, Daddy! Her voice was so forceful and powerful that my arm froze where it was. I could not move it. 
I could look around, though, and as I turned my head, I saw Susan looking very much unlike herself. Her eyes, a shadowy dark, her veins a deep blue, her hair floating. I tried to force my arm down to put the knife into the doll, but I couldn't. It was stuck. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't make it move. Milo slipped from my grasp and climbed onto Susan's shoulder, stroking her hair and whispering to her. Susan turned to go, the elf still caressing her hair. I called after her, pleading with her to come back, but she didn't stop. She didn't even look at me. Once she'd gone upstairs to her room and shut the door, my arm was my own again. Not that it matters. Milo stays with Susan now. And I can't go near them. I see her now and then walking past the door of my room. She goes outside, sometimes with Milo on her shoulder. I don't know where. I'm not allowed to know. I hear its whispers in the air. I hear Susan's voice, too. But the last couple of nights, it started to sound more and more like Milo's voice. At night, I know it's watching me and there's nothing I can do. I did everything I could to try to protect Susan, but I failed, and I had failed from the beginning because I had let that thing into our house. I'd bought the toy against my better judgment. I don't know what it's doing to Susan, but I know that she is in its thrall and that she is in danger. I know it wants her for some dark purpose. I hope it doesn't hurt her. But I worry that it will. But there's nothing I can do. I can't save her now because the creature is watching me. The elf watches, always aware, and I am helpless. Because it sees me when I'm sleeping. It knows when I'm awake. So I must be good. For Susan's sake. And that was part six of It Sees You When You're Sleeping. Remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think using the hashtag ISYWYS for It Sees You When You're Sleeping. Some of the sound effects in this episode were from Zapsplat.com. Thanks for listening.